I wonder how your Sunday usually goes. Are you up at first light, maybe to walk the dog, you know, get out there, whatever the weather? Or maybe you have a nice long lie, you know? After all, it is the day of rest, isn't it, you know? The Sabbath. Maybe you are one of the many that I'm actually watching this right now or here in the building at the moment, but you're watching later in the week or at a different time because you have to go to work on a Sunday morning. Or maybe you are here and you're helping, as Alison has just done, playing a part in the service today. After worship, it may be that you're eating alone, or maybe you have a big family coming round for a celebration, a birthday, an engagement, something else that's happening in our lives. You know, each person has a slightly different experience in the day, even within the same household. And the same was true in the time of Jesus. The commandment to keep the Sabbath holy, to keep that day special, had evolved into rules about what was work and what should not be done. And of course, the law was overseen by the Pharisees. But here, in the course of the setting of this passage, it's clear that one of these men, one of these Pharisees, these men of the law, were hosting what would appear to be a dinner party. Let's have guests round. And, of course, which among us, given the choice of people from all of history, wouldn't choose Jesus to be sat around the table. Perhaps this invitation has been extended as we see him making his way there. When we think at communion, which we'll share later, of how Jesus welcomes all to the table, that is not simply the poor, the sick, the immoral, the tax collector, the woman of ill repute, but it also extends to those in the seats of authority, the lawmakers, the enforcers. And we see that in who he spends time with. People from every background and every experience of life. He goes to them and would invite them to come to him. The Gospels tell us Pharisees were not only present, but the host on a number of occasions that Jesus sits at the table. They, like everybody else, want to hear what this popular person who has been drawing the crowds has to say. But of course, they might not like what he has to say to them. 
And the same may be true of us. There may be times that the Gospels speak to us, that Jesus guides us to live a certain way that is not how we might have chosen. We like to frame our understanding of the gospel with our traditions, the, the understandings and the practices of those who have gone before us in the generations. But those were not necessarily in accordance with God's ways. The way that we frame our life is not always the way that Jesus would want us to live. And I don't simply mean about here on Sunday, but how we might unconsciously, uh, sometimes deliberately, separate sacred and secular when in fact we are called to be God's people 24-7. There shouldn't be that separation. We are always, throughout the day, throughout the week, God's people. The Jewish people of the first century understood the Sabbath as a day where no work was to be done. That was it. No harvesting, no fire-making, no cooking, no harnessing of ox or donkey. And in many ways, this has benefits, allowing refreshment. But there can be issues, if applied rigidly, that things that go against God's plan can actually be the outcome. You know, in parts of the UK, in some of our lifetimes, there might have been communities with uh, padlock swings to stop children playing. You know, certainly in the Outer Hebrides, parts of Ireland, you know, you wouldn't want raucous laughter and joy was thought to be unholy. Hopefully, there's nowhere left in the country that would still do this. But perhaps we sometimes still shackle our heart and close them to certain things rather than allowing our hearts to be open, to be as open as we can be, to be as welcoming, to bless others in the way that God calls us to. God the Creator gives us the Holy Sabbath not simply as a day to worship Him, for we're supposed to do that with every moment of our lives. It's what we're made for. But gives us the day that we can be renewed and recreated to continue as His. And if there is something that is not good, such as in the passage, someone with an abnormal swelling, to ignore it rather than bring healing would be the thing that is actually unholy. To leave a child or animal in distress would be unholy. And yet a rescuing in the eyes of many that Jesus was speaking to might have been deemed as work. 
They don't want to answer his question because they know that the thing they would do would have been against the Pharisees' teaching. And yet, it would have been the right thing to do. And the Sabbath is the day for new beginnings, the time of resetting the clock for what lies ahead in our week and in our life. Jesus wanted the people to reset their way, their thinking in a way that reflects God's love. And so we see that after the healing of the man, he continues to poke at them. You know, he's given them one bit of a prod about who they are and what they're doing. He continues to poke at them that they might get their priorities right. And so he challenges them about their seeking to have the place of honor, to declare their self-importance rather than allowing the host to determine where they might sit. I guess it is rare that we tell people where they might sit at the dinner table um, in, in some sort of hierarchy. Perhaps a wedding reception is the only time we do it. But in our culture, we might have already made sure some months in advance that we've identified everybody that's coming. We might have said at the time of the invitation, RSVP. And then when they have responded, made them a little place card and set it on the table and maybe made up a big plan saying, you're going here. This is your place. But there are still cultures where attendance is a bit more fluid. You know, as to who might come. And people may be shuffled about depending on who actually arrives. Particularly if an important but unexpected guest appears. Are you humble, I wonder? Are you humble before the one who humbled himself, becoming human and living a life on earth? So he's given them a couple of prods, hasn't he? Are you humble? And what is the Sabbath? I guess the third strand of Jesus' teaching here is the implementation of that understanding of what is right on God's day and how to relate before God. If we consider what is holy and worthy of Sabbath activity to be a more rigidly defined set of rules, if we are seeking to truly not just request the top seat, but are willing to go where we go, but to be humble in our culture, then it means we will welcome to the table those who need the meal rather than those who 
that might return the invitation back round to yours. And the people that are described by the Lord are those that wouldn't be able to invite you back as they would not have been able to find employment, not simply because of their illness or injury, but because society rejected them, fearing their presence could make the place and their lives unclean. So, Jesus is saying that we need to be more open. He's saying, you invited me to this meal, you Pharisee, but you should have invited people like the one I healed, the one that was set before me as a bit of a trick and a bit of a challenge. We have to turn things around. We need to learn to do that cycling slower, not the racing forwards, but the getting the balance right in our life. Getting the balance right to see others as God sees them with love and seeking to put them first at the table. May we get our priorities right. May we seek to have open hearts. May we reflect the love of God.